<laughs> I think it's kind of like the best and like perfect scenario with climbing having its first Olympic debut and then having it in Tokyo because that's where my parents are from. I think it'll be really exciting. Olympic Channel Podcast. That was American climber Ashima Suraishi, and this is the official Olympic Channel Podcast. We find the best people to talk about the biggest Olympic talking points every single week to inspire and motivate. If you love the Olympics, then you should subscribe right now wherever you find your podcasts. Olympic Channel Podcast. Hello, so it's 6 a.m. It's so, so rainy outside. It's in New York and I'm here with Kaylin Ohashi, the gymnast, and we are going on an exciting trip, aren't we? Yes, we are about to have some major interviews this morning and throughout the day, so I'm super excited. And just for people who don't know, like, why did you uh, get invited to go and do all these interviews and stuff? My floor routine actually went viral earlier this year, year in January, so I it sparked a whole bunch of talk and I got on a bunch of talk shows. <laughs> it's been crazy. And we're going to go and head over to NBC now, in behind the scenes on today's show, which is kind of exciting, right? Definitely. Good, right. So we're going to have to get some kind of taxi, I think, even though it's like super close because we don't want to get wet. Yes, exactly. Let's go. We have one year to go until Tokyo 2020 at the Today Show in New York. I can't believe it's raining right now, and there's a lot of great athletes heading our way. So, <laughs> super exciting. Okay, so we're officially at NBC headquarters. It's fancy, and there are loads of athletes hanging around. I've already said hi to some skateboarders, including Tom Shah. Uh, Sean White is also here. Caitlin is just off preparing uh, to grab some time with some of the athletes. It's raining, as we said, but the forecast is looking like it might brighten up. So here's hoping. So we're standing behind some barriers. People are here to watch the Today Show, despite the rain, <laughs> amazingly. And I think the first person who's going to come our way is Faluka Akin Radeu Gunderson from the USA Volleyball Team. Hi, it's Caitlin Ohashi here, and we're in New York. One year to go until Tokyo 2020, and I'm here with Faluka. So how are preparations going with 12 months to go? Really well. Um, our team is really excited. We have our Olympic qualifier coming up in August. Uh, second to fourth in Shreveport, Louisiana. So it's our first chance to qualify for the Olympics and um, have our chance to get that Olympic gold. Can you believe this height different? <laughs> so do you think I can get a chance to make the volleyball team? I honestly think you could. There are some Libros that are real short. It could happen. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> maybe you'll see me there as well. Maybe. <laughs> the weather has brightened up and we've actually seen some people climbing on the rock wall and there's some people doing some skating as well. Sean White has just been on the Today Show and he said that he's thinking of going to the World Championships to skateboard, which could mean that we see him at Tokyo 2020. And it looks like 
Caitlin is with two of the World Cup winners from the USA soccer team, Ashlyn Harris and Ali Kreiger. I'm here with Ashlyn, well, Ashlyn and Ali. Yes. <laughs> okay. How are you feeling about the Olympics coming up? It's hard to now just forget about winning the World Cup two weeks ago, but uh, yeah, we're really excited, but we have to keep in mind, like we haven't qualified yet, so we start qualification in January. But, um, you know, I'm really excited for the team and uh, we're on a high right now. And, you know, we, we've won two World Cup championships in a row and we got to get that gold medal back at the Olympics. So we're, we're really looking forward to it. So with the World Cup just ending, mm -hmm. how much time have you guys got to have off? I mean, not much. Uh, actually, just that week of celebration. And then we have our, um, currently we're playing in the NWSL, which is our professional league here in the U.S. So we went, you know, we played for the Orlando Pride. And we went right back home. We had a game just this Saturday. So we're right back into it because we're in the middle of our season. Um, so we have, you know, a few more, few more months of the, the season left. And then we can, you know, maybe take, take a couple weeks off. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Those do look like absolute rock stars. And it looks like Caitlin is going to speak now to Rugby 7 star Naya Tapa. So there is one year to go until Tokyo 2020, and this is the second year that rugby is in the Olympics. How are you feeling? I'm very excited. Um, I haven't been to an Olympics yet, so for it to hopefully be my first, I'm super excited about that. Um, our team has done really well this season. We've made history. We've won our first gold medal. We um, we're top four every tournament that we went to and we just did really well so I think that if we can carry that into this Olympics it's gonna be good for us. That's amazing and so what are the preparations going into the Olympics with one year to go? So I, it's kind of the same as any other year we're basically training full-time throughout the whole year. The only time we really get a break is during August but um, during our training season we're training four days a week three to two times a day consistently just trying to get that connection so it's going good that's amazing thank you so much and we will keep an eye out for naya for tokyo 2020. thank you okay so we've just finished at 30 rock and caitlin was doing a handstand there in front of a few people who gave us some weird looks yeah, they definitely did, and my hands probably were pretty gross afterwards, but... How are you with running? I'm decent, just... I'm more of a long distance, I would say, than... Well, that's good, because we're about to go a really long distance. Okay. <laughs> I think we should take the car. Let's take the car, let's get in the car, and let's go to the next place. So, like, let's describe where we are. We've just come into the, the Twitter office. There's like a hashtag up there. Like, set the scene for us. So the hashtag in front of us says, hashtag love where you work, which I would definitely agree with. And I think a lot of the time, I don't know, coming out of college, you see people super, like, stressed about what they're going to do to work. And I've always believed that work shouldn't even seem like work and it should be something you love and this summer is like a perfect example of that like I'm doing everything that I really do enjoy and I'm traveling a lot and I'm getting to experience a lot so super excited about that. Anyway we've got some interviews coming up so yeah let's go in and see how it goes.
Okay, so I've got a list of people who we are going to interview on this piece of paper right here. And it looks like the first up on our list is skateboarder Tom Shaw. He skates park like Sean White. And it's funny because Tom landed a 1080, which was the holy grail in skating back in 2012. Uh, Sean White had attempted to do it a few years earlier and not actually managed it. Anyway, it looks like those two could be battling it out for the two spaces that the USA are eligible to take up for men's park skating at Tokyo 2020. Olympic Channel Podcast. I'm here with Tom Shar. The U.S. skateboarder, personally in gymnastics, I know my favorite skill was when I competed my back handspring, back handspring full because not very many people did it. And I guess I'm wondering, what is your favorite skill that you've ever landed? Hmm. I have to go with the 1080 when I was younger. Uh, I was the first person to do it, so I mean, it was pretty special for me. And I was pretty young too, so it was kind of just this like weird blur that happened when I was younger. <laughs> but you know, it's a uh, it's crazy, it opened a lot of doors for me and I'm very, really grateful for it. So we obviously know that Sean White is a huge influence in skating and snowboarding and all different types of things. What does it mean to compete against him and just be alongside him? It's, it's gonna be interesting. I've never skated against him. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be crazy just seeing him at a skate contest and you know, me also being there. and. Yeah, we could end up, you know, going right after each other, which would be crazy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, he's been skating a lot, I think, in secrecy. So uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to do good. He's, like, the ultimate athlete. Uh, he's won three gold medals, and on the last one, the odds were against him, and he still pulled it off. And, I, I mean, yeah, he's just a really determined, you know, person. Even if it's not skating or snowboarding, I'm sure it's, you know, he's going to do it no matter what. So I really wouldn't be that surprised if he does pretty well. <laughs> He went to UCLA Gymnastics to learn some tricks and kind of air sense. Would you ever consider going to UCLA Gymnastics to learn some tricks for me? Uh, sure. I mean, I've done actually stuff like that, but <laughs> I'd be honored to go to the UCLA Gymnastics place. That'd be crazy. Yeah, I've uh, I've done some, I guess, I guess trampoline stuff in the past just to, for like aerial awareness. But yeah, I think it helps. So. That'd be cool. <laughs> Come on by. That sounds good. <laughs> you have plenty of accolades throughout your career, but what would it mean for you to bring home a gold medal to show your family? I don't even know how to describe that. I mean, that's that's every athlete's, you know, that's their number one goal is to make it to the Olympics. And then I don't even know. I, I haven't even thought that far ahead. I just kind of want to make it there. And then, well, guys, I guess we'll just take it one step at a time. But, yeah, that would be insane. I mean, if I could represent my country and, Take home a gold for the U.S. would, I, I, I honestly don't even know how to explain that. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Right, next up on the schedule, we have Brighton Zuna coming up. She is 15 and already one of the best park skaters in the world. On her birthday, though, when she turned 15, just a couple of weeks ago, she was five minutes out on practice in Nanjing, and yeah, she broke her ankle. So we've got to get her a seat to elevate it for her, and Caitlin is going to sit down to have a little chat with her. We have Brighton here, and unfortunately, she has a boot on her foot. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, yeah, um, I was in China a month ago, and I was it was for an Olympic qualifier, and 
on my birthday, I broke my ankle. Um, five minutes left till practice. So I was wondering what type of presents you got, but I'm I'm sure that's not what, something you asked for. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it was it was awful. <gasps> okay, so are you into horoscopes at all? Have you ever read your horoscope? You're a Cancer, and one of the things that I found really stuck out to me was how important friendships are to Cancers. So how important would you say friendships are to you? Yeah, um, I have a lot of crazy cool friends. Um, we do like everything together. When I'm not skating, I'm with them all the time. And you know, like right now it's just weird because like we're like all dealing with like, I, would, I have a big friend group and like we're dealing with like a bunch of stuff, but we're just becoming closer. And I just like, they're my world, like literally. I just love my friends so much. I, for Jim, had to move all the time and experienced a lot of change throughout my life. And especially this year, I went viral and there was so much attention on me for the past like six months. Mm -hmm. And I would say there's a lot of attention on you. So how have you coped with that? Um, I think some I think like my audience, I guess, is the younger kids or boys, and it's like cool. I see a lot of cool girls at the skate park, and I skate with them, and they, if they recognize me. Um, but sometimes I go to the skate park, and there's really like rude, like disrespectful kids, like, and you know. But apart from that, the, it's just like it's cool if I see like a little girl, and I just like will skate with them all the time. So yeah, that's fun. Would you say you connect more with like girls or guys? Um, I don't know. The, I think the girls are more like, I want to skate with you, and the guys are more like, I want to take a photo with you. You're hot. Like, and it's so it's so rude. And yeah, that's hor no, yeah. that is how it is though. Yeah. I saw on your Instagram your fashion. You dress. Um, I don't know. I would say like feminine, and I really I really enjoy it. So is there like a message behind your fashion? Is there a reason why you dress the way you dress? Or is it just expression? Um, I think I, I'm a total girly girl, for sure. I've always been. Um, and I guess um, my kind of style, like, you know, usually it was like, you know, the baggy clothes. I went through that phase and like the little shirts and the baggy clothes. Like, I think I get most of my inspiration from album covers from like early 2000s, the 90s, um, like hip hop. So. Um, but I guess feminine right now, it's like I, I don't want to dress too crazy, so I think like focusing on skincare, wearing a pretty dress. I'm into like dressing soft right now, more than like colorful this, colorful that. But yeah, there's a lot of ups and downs with my style. You know, something that would go really well with your clothes is a gold medal around your neck. So how important and how would you feel to come home with a gold medal from the Olympics? Um, I think it's great because it's just, I don't know, I think growing up or being a kid, like Olympics is just a big, you know, I guess like name. And I've always watched, like, I think I, I watched um, the Winter Games a long time ago with my parents. And I remember sitting on the carpet while, and my parents were watching this snowboarding. And I just think it's gonna be, it's, it's cool, it's rewarding, you know, like uh, to go to Tokyo and do what you love and you're in the Olympics, like that's insane. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you. Hey, the pee is so bad, <laughs> like so bad, like it's so bad. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll best let Brighton go to the bathroom. It is just next door, so it is absolutely fine. It's not that far away. 
Another sport that's being added to the calendar for Tokyo 2020 is sport climbing. The World Championships are in Japan from the 11th of August and we will have an interview on the podcast with Alex Honnold from the Oscar-winning film Free Solo. Here is a clip of that interview. I'm excited to see climbing in the Olympics. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to continue to grow the sport. I think it's good for, for the individual climbers. I mean, obviously, whoever wins the Olympics is going to be a big deal in climbing and a big deal globally. But mostly, I just want to watch it. I mean, it's just... You know, I mean, I love climbing and I love seeing people perform at the highest levels. And I think that the Olympics will obviously bring that out. Olympic Channel Podcast. So that interview in full with Alex will be available on August the 14th. Go and see Free Solo. It is amazing. Caitlin is just having a look at our next guest Instagram, Ashima Shiraishi. She is American but speaks fluent Japanese and is also one of the best climbers in the world and has an amazing dress sense too. Hi, Shima. We're so happy to have you here. We have one year to go until Tokyo 2020. And what are your preparations looking like? There's a lot of traveling involved, and last night I came in from France, and tomorrow I go back to Austria for training, and then we have World Championships in a few weeks, and then we have a few World Cups involved, and then after that we have another Olympic qualifying event in France. Oh my gosh. I thought I traveled a lot. I seriously <laughs> feel like I've been everywhere. Where would you say you found the best rocks? Some of the best rocks are in South Africa. It's, it's out there, but there's a beautiful, just like rock paradise, and it's gorgeous. The rock is like orange and blue and brown. It's like a gorgeous place. That's actually, that's funny you said South Africa because I went to South Africa when I was probably 13, and it was by far my favorite place I've ever been. Wow. So, <laughs> I feel so you. <laughs> Okay, so while I was on your Instagram, I also noticed your fashion, which, I mean, look at you right now. I, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> I'm obsessed. But um, you pick, like, bright colors to wear when you climb. Is there a reason behind that? And I just thought it stood out compared to most climbers that I've seen. Mm -hmm. So I've always had this, like, tradition where my mom makes my climbing pants, and then... Like, so if we pick designs and fabric that are, like, kind of out there in a lot of colors because usually the rock or the wall itself is not so colorful. And I think a lot of climbers just wear black and they wear, like, leggings and it's kind of boring. And, you know, when you're on the wall, you want to, like, express yourself. And I love fashion. I love expressing myself through that outlet. So it's just a lot of fun to do. I can definitely tell. No, that's that's amazing. And so does your mom actually make clothes for a living or just strictly for you? So actually her job was she used to make um, all the costumes for my dad when he was a dancer and his whole dance company. So like 20 members of the group. So she did a lot of work in costume design and, and just fashion in general. But now she just makes climbing pants for me. That's so cute. <laughs> with climbing being added to the Olympics, what would you say this means for climbing in general as a sport? I think that it's going to be a huge experience for climbing and hopefully a lot of new people are introduced to climbing 
and I hope that they find it as fun as I do and it might become like a lifelong passion for them. With the Olympics being in Japan and I know you're a Japanese American, what does that mean for your first Olympic Games to be in J Japan? <laughs> I think it's kind of like the best and like perfect scenario with climbing having its first Olympic debut and then having it in Tokyo because that's where my parents are from. Um, it's like I get support from both crowds, you know. I think it'll be really exciting. That will. Are you are you first generation then? Yeah. Yeah. My parents are immigrants. Do you do you speak Japanese? Yeah, my actually my parents they struggle with English even though they've been living here for like over 30 years. They still can't really speak English, like it's very broken. So we always speak Japanese at home, so fluent. All right, well, keep an eye out for Ashima and one year to go until Tokyo 2020. So I've been crossing everyone off my list as we go and there's just one final person that we're going to speak to and that is Alex Johnson who is also a climber. Hi, we have Alex Johnson here. You are the first person to win the Bouldering World Cup and for people that don't really understand that, what did that mean to you and what exactly is that? Winning the Bouldering World Cup was huge. It was probably the biggest moment in my life and sort of like a pivotal moment for realizing that I could turn this hobby and the sport that I loved into a profession and it really sort of opened the door to like paving the future for this sport for me. And so with one year to go, what does your preparation look like? Training for me for the next year is because the Olympic format is combined. It's predominantly bouldering because that is still the area that I specialize in, but I'm also trying to elevate the other two disciplines, which are speed and lead. Um, lead is something that I used to compete in and used to do okay in. Speed is something I think that's kind of new to all of us that are <laughs> predominantly boulders and lead climbers. Um, so trying to be good at all three at the same time is really difficult, and a week of training for me would be five days on, um, two days of bouldering, one day of lead, and one day of speed, and then that extra bonus day is either back to bouldering so I can continue to sort of stay at the top of my game at that, or try to bring up lead and speed even more so. So why is it important to have all three of these aspects? It's really important for all three of these disciplines to be in the Olympics for 2020 because as a new sport, we were only allotted three, three medals per gender, um, first, second, and third. So we weren't able to choose what discipline should be in the Olympics. We couldn't decide whether it was bouldering, speed, or lead. And so the only way to get all three in was to combine them and then hope that once they were in, we could split them for 2024 and 2028. Interesting. All right. It actually is. Yeah, that, that is interesting, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Strategy. Yeah, honestly. I saw that you started competing when you were 12, is that mm -hmm. correct? I know for gymnastics, we start super young as well. And for me, I had some mental blocks and sometimes I notice I go 
when I start doing something new, a new skill or anything like that. So have you ever gone through a mental block? I go through mental blocks all the time, almost daily. Um, getting out of bed and convincing myself to go to the gym sometimes is a mental block. I've also had sort of a tumultuous relationship with climbing where I've come in and out of it a lot, um, taking like one month to three months off to up to a year off at a time just because the passion sort of fizzled and I wanted to do something else or my body needed a break and then I sort of like always returned to it. So staying sort of in that mindset of positivity is something that I think every athlete finds challenging but sort of figuring out ways to keep that flame going is something that I think we're all still working on. So what kept bringing you back to climbing? I think what brings me back every time is that it is unique every time. Um, I ran track in college and for me that was like running around the same circle over and over again and pole vaulting which although you could see micro increments in progression was still redundant. It was kind of the same thing over and over again and outside of speed climbing with bouldering and lead it's different every single time. You have a new route every time there's no real muscle memory involved in it. It's all like on your feet and on the fly. And so that's sort of addicting to me that it's just, you'll never get the same thing twice. And that sort of is what keeps me coming back, I think. What has been your favorite spot to climb at? My favorite place to go climbing outside, I'm torn because I lived in Las Vegas for five years and I moved there because I loved the climbing there so much. And so part of me wants to say Las Vegas because I don't live there anymore and I miss it. And then the other part of me would say Thailand because it's sort of like vacation climbing. You go and you can like hang out on the beach and drink a Coke and like watch the waves come up and just scale a cliff and it's hot and you can swim and it's just like, it's awesome. So do you have time for vacationing or is it just <laughs> Not right now, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I sort of combine my vacations with climbing, which is, it's working. I say it's kind of it's kind of nice that you have that option yeah. to do that. We will keep an eye out for Alex Johnson on the road to 2020 Tokyo. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thank Hopefully, see you guys there. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel podcast. podcast. It's the end of the day. We've done. I can't even count how many interviews we've done in the end. Basically, how many do you think? Like. Oh, man, we did a boatload of interviews this morning and this afternoon. So all added up, it's been more than I've ever done in my life because I've never <laughs> done them. <laughs> what do you think the highlight was or what was the most surprising thing? Definitely being able to connect with people and kind of honestly challenge is always a highlight because you learn so much and so this has definitely been a challenge and I think graduating I need to find something that challenges me and excites me so today has been overall very exciting and challenging and Big learning experience. I think a lot of people go through that in like this sort of time, like summer, a lot of different ages and stuff like that. You know, when you finish school or then you go to college or all of those different stages in life, you've kind of got to go and upgrade yourself basically in summer to get ready for the next stage. Is this an upgrade? Because now I'm not getting on uh, Excuse me, are you saying that the Olympic Channel podcast is not an upgrade? Of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah, I think each um, athlete has had different approaches to their answers and responses and trying to figure out how to play back with what they said is definitely cool. And like like I said, I every interview I've noticed, like the interviewer, it's an art form. So 
Great. Well, Caitlin, you're welcome back anytime on the 11 Bit Channel podcast, definitely. Thank you so much. It's been such fun. Thank you. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel podcast. podcast. Big, big thanks to Caitlin. If you loved our amazing reporter this week, then get in touch. Tell us what you enjoyed the most in the comments on one of our photos on Instagram or Facebook, or just give us a at on Twitter. We are at Olympic Channel across all social media. I am at Eddie Knowles with an I and an E and Caitlin is K-A-T-E-L-Y-N underscore Ohashi on Insta and Twitter as well. I've put absolutely everyone's social media handles in the episode description. So head over there if you want to follow someone. If you do want to show us some love, we've got an amazing Instagram filter at the moment for one year to go until Tokyo 2020. Join in with the hashtag one year to go and also at Olympic Channel, wherever you stick your photo, maybe stick it on your timeline or your Instagram stories. But don't wait too long. The filter is only available for a limited period. Sometime in August is when it will disappear. Five-star reviews are also very welcome, especially in the podcast app. Write a little review. If you loved Caitlin and want to see her on the podcast more, then that is the place to write something. All right. Big thanks to everybody. See you soon. Think like an Olympian.